We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Welcome to the SBS Sports Talk Show, presented by the Sports Business Society at UVA. I'm Michael Rockless, one of your hosts, along with my co-host, Mike Popper, and our producer, Will Harden. Today, we'll get into our segments as usual, and then we will hit the main topics of the NFL Week 2, and looking forward to Week 3, as well as the NBA proposed lottery reform. Make sure you listen to this episode at 1.5 times speed. Hit it! We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, 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 tennis, hockey, so before we even begin getting into our segments tonight, I just want to give a big shout out to Matt Conrath, who came into our SBS meeting as a guest speaker um, on Wednesday night. He was fantastic. He, gave he really it, hit it out of the park. Yeah. It was awesome. For our members um, who showed up, uh, Matt just gave an awesome look into uh, what it was like being an NFL player um, from his perspective, and we... Really enjoyed it, and I think everyone who was there really enjoyed yeah. what he had to offer. And also, just shout out to the, to the people that were there. Thanks for coming out, and you guys were really attentive, asked great questions, uh, really kept the conversation going. So, so it, was, it was a good start to the year for our guest speakers, for sure. Yeah, we're really excited about those, as we've mentioned before, and uh, Matt was just a great start, set the bar uh, pretty high from our perspective. So... We're gonna jump. If you're listening, Matt. Thank you very much. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Um, so we're going to go right into our read option uh, for this week. So, Mike, what do you got for me? So uh, another plug for SBS. Um, our one of our writers, Daniel Lowe, just submitted an article um, about the the current state of of the big man in the NBA. Um, and to give you guys a little primer. Uh, here's what kind of was about. So it's for almost every team in the league, the trends that he indicated, uh, that a center spaces the floor, um, improves their offense more than an equally effective center that primarily scores under the basket. So basically what he's looking there is he did a couple of um, cross analysis using some statistics like efficient field goal percentage and basically just tried to look at do spacing centers, you know, your Carl Anthony Towns, your Brooke Lopez that shoot from outside – provide more of an efficiency in offense than your DeAndre Jordans of the world. Um, so what did you think of it? You, I know you read it, Mike. Yeah, I thought it was really excellent. Uh, from our perspective, a uh, pretty good statistical look into it. Uh, Daniel kind of created his own metric that he used to kind of normalize things um, and try and draw some conclusions. And I thought it was interesting. Uh, one of the things that was most clear to me, and this article is already out so you guys can uh, take a look at it, uh, is that when you and this is follows intuition, which makes sense, but when you have a center who is not really good at spacing the floor, the assist percentage for the team goes way down. Some of the other statistics, as long as the center is not a bad offensive player, think like your DeAndre Jordans, as as Mike mentioned, um, those guys tend not to have as negative effect on an offense uh, compared to the guys who can space the floor a little bit better. Yeah, and I mean, this is definitely probably the most statistical in depth article we have. Um, and I mean, just shout out to Daniel. He did a really great job here. Um, and kind of an, an original idea to try and it, nobody would have really thought to oh, of a way to break apart. And I thought his his idea of, of breaking apart from zero to three shots from zero to three, and then shots from three plus feet out was a really great way to to, to break it out. And um, I actually I don't really know about his data collection and how he did it. 
but uh, I'm I'm very happy with how it turned out. Yeah, I'm I'm impressed myself, um, and pretty timely too. You know, you think about the NBA today. I mean, all these teams are moving towards everyone being able to space the floor and shoot, and this kind of uh, reaffirms that in some ways, and in other ways, kind of opens your eyes to maybe a differing opinion um, based on the player you have. So I thought there were some really good takeaways from that. Also, he hit on maybe some other things to look at moving forward. Um, so I thought that was overall a great a great uh, read. Yeah, so what do you got for me now, Mike? Yeah, so my read is from an ESPN article about Alex Gordon, who, surprisingly, he was the batter that broke the record for most single-season home runs in an MLB season. Uh, so the article says he... So Alex Gordon is really, he's been the worst hitter by statistics this season. Um, but really the article kind of is funny where it said he isn't really the worst hitter in the league. He just has just the worst hitter who has managed to hold on to a regular job all season. Uh, and it continues saying that the home run record has been absolutely shattered this year. Uh, the previous record was set in 2000, which of course was in the middle of the steroid era. Um, and the most surprising thing to me is that they're on pace, there's still a couple weeks left in the season, to break uh, or to surpass the 2014 total only three years ago and home runs by more than 2,000. Um, and if you guys have been following along with baseball uh, a little bit earlier in the season, there are a couple reports um, about the baseballs feeling different. Juiced. They're juiced. They're juiced. I, I mean, this is pretty good evidence. And you also have you know blisters on hands of pitchers, which they normally have, weren't there, right? So that doesn't just these pitchers do this for a living. You know, they don't they don't just here out of nowhere, something changed on the balls. Um, and I think that it, it it might be good for the game, but it's it's a, it's a change that they should own up to. And, and Manfred has so far denied all, all accusations, right? Yeah, so I've actually been pretty um, intrigued by this topic since it's kind of arose. I think it was about halfway through last season was when really reports of this and people who really dive into the statistics thought that it was feasible for them to be juicing the balls. There's some other potential explanations like the batters, the way that they've kind of changed their approach. They're focusing on hitting more home runs or versus striking out. They're more accepting of one of those two true outcomes, as they're called in baseball. But to me, I've been a big uh big proponent of the fact that the balls are juiced and honestly I, I mean I'd like to hear your opinion as someone who's not as big of a baseball fan but to me I don't really have a problem if they're juiced what I would have a problem with is if they are indeed you know doing something to the baseballs that make them go a little bit further um the fact if that they've kind of covered it up if that's what they're doing I think I'd have a problem with that yeah. but if they just came out and said this is what we're doing like you know we maybe wanted to add a little jolt to offenses right. which have been struggling I wouldn't have a problem with that I mean it, it's like I wonder if if it's a problem with they don't want to change too much. Um, you know, they they changed the the intentional walk yeah. this year, right? And they've they've done um, the clocks in between innings, and I think eventually clocks. they're going to add a pitch clock um, in between pitches when no one's on base. Right. So I think they might be a little scared of just too much change too rapidly. But the way to the way to, to go about that is not to, to take a change and do it under the hood. Yeah. You know, you got to be transparent in these kind of things because you know there are fans that are old school and to ignore that whole part of the you know the fan base is kind of it's it's tough um and and when you have an organization that comes out and does stuff up front you know that always always gets a better response than doing something in the background yeah and it's just kind of an interesting thing to me like it's i think it's a great conspiracy theory and it's really um i've seen some studies that have kind of said the balls are definitely juiced, and I've seen others that have kind of given some data that says they're not as juiced. For example, fly ball pitchers actually have been pitching better 
um, which would be contrary to the intuition if you break down, you know, fly ball rates and those guys actually have performed better relative to uh, to what you'd expect with the in the period of the juiced baseball, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Um, but I think to me, it's just kind of a funny topic, and and really, it's unbelievable when you think about all the guys who have hit over twenty or thirty home runs this yeah. year, kind of no name guys. Um, that have just mashed home runs and a bunch of guys, Aaron Judge and Stanton's gonna might get to sixty. He's a couple five four or it's five exciting. away. Yeah, oh yeah. It's no, it's, I think it's good for baseball. I mean the strikeouts are so high that in when you put the ball in play, you know you know, all the pitchers throw harder, so maybe the ball will go yeah. a little bit further, but when you put the ball in play, um it you know, if you want to see excitement, that's what home runs do. Stanton hit fifty six tonight, so he's four away. Four away from 60, also it was this afternoon, but thanks for chiming in with that thanks, one. Well, yeah, uh, I got that notification during class today, and they just keep giving that ticker on, so uh, they, they want it, you to keep track. When's the last track. time somebody got to 60? I think it was Roger Maris. He had 61. Well, this uh, not including the steroid guys, so oh, Sosa, Maguire, I'm, I'm Bonds. So that would have guys. been like Sosa 2003, 2001, 2002, that area. Um but no one's – I mean, the real home run record and people who want to discount the steroid era, which is a completely different conversation, is 61, which Roger Maris had um, with the Yankees. Um, Will, you can, you can get us a year on that. but That's I, assuming Stanton is not steroids. I don't think he's – yeah, but it's the baseballs are juice. So. <laughs> baseballs are juice. Yeah. It doesn't matter. All yeah. Right. All right. So uh, we're going to transition into our drop the mic. And this um, – Mike, your, your drop the mic this week is unbelievable. Oh, mine, mine's just uh, a gold mine in terms of comedy. Um so I'm sure most of you have heard of this by now. Kevin Durant on the burner Twitter. Unbelievable. This, unbelievable. I, I'm not a big Kevin Durant guy. The move to the Warriors really bothered me as just a basketball fan in general. And then this guy, the audacity of Kevin Durant. <laughs> this guy is the second best basketball player in the world. Surefire Hall of Famer. Coming off an NBA championship. This man, he has a Twitter account. Literally, a Twitter account that's not him. It's a different guy. And he goes on and defends himself talking about himself in the third person. It's unbelievable. Who does that? Now, here's the thing, Mike. I got to ask your opinion on this because this really shapes this whole topic. Is Kevin Durant doing this, like, seriously? Like, I need to go out and defend myself as a third person? Or is it like, I'm just going to screw with people on Twitter? I think he's seriously doing I, that's, I think, I think, I think so, is, too. I think he is that self-conscious about his... His role in 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 the NBA so far and how he has performed that he feels the need to defend himself against all criticism. And I I read reports that um after uh after the the the, the free agency decision went down and he saw all of the negative reaction, he flipped out at his at his agent. Oh, I and, didn't see that. Yeah, he he was like classic KD. He man. was like. The quote was, why the F did you make me do this? Why the F did you let me ruin my life? Or something like that. And I think the man is just so self-conscious about what people think he will go to Twitter to defend himself. He, he did it in a YouTube comment the other day. And this is this is the tweet. It's it's, it's, it's almost like a disease that he has. This is, this, is a, this is him on his Twitter account. His verified Twitter uh, account. Yikes. <laughs> quote, imagine taking Russ off that team. See how bad they were. KD can't win a championship with those cats. Yeah, and I think the most... The worst one from his perspective is when he went on and they said, you know, the guy was prompting him on his like actual Twitter account, and they said, why'd you leave? And he's like, oh, K- KD, don't blame him. He hated playing for Billy Donovan. Yeah. And all those players that he played with, they all stunk outside of Russ. Like, talk about throwing your An former team and your coach bus. under the bus. I mean, that was unbelievable to see that. 
Um, Kevin Durant, and, and the funny thing is, like, I, I've seen him in interviews before. He's been on Bill Simmons' podcast several times. He was on Bill Simmons' show, and just even the way, and, like, I, Kevin Durant doesn't care if I like him. He doesn't care if any of the fans really like him as a person. Just the vibe I've gotten from him, he just, I, he just doesn't seem, so, he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't pander to the fans, which, like, I, I get it from his perspective, but at the same time, like, fans aren't gonna like you, and then you pull a stunt like that. It's exactly. Just, I mean, it's just, it's criminally funny. It is so funny. And the fact that he, he couldn't pull the I got hacked, you know, I mean, it's just so, so oh, embarrassing. He, he came out, he, he came out and admitted it. Right, yeah, he had to. He had to. And, and it's just so embarrassing for someone like him to be, t- I mean, the thing that gets me is, you know, the third person. Like, oh, don't oh, blame it's KD. Like, it's, I mean, I mean, it's, it's something that you would expect out of, like, a, a teenage girl. Oh yeah, trying no. to defend herself. The on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, something. it's unbelievable. So yeah. here's here's his ap- apology. He says, "I don't regret clapping back at anybody or talking to my fans on Twitter. I do regret using my co- my former coach's name and the former organization I played for. That was childish. That was idiotic. All those types of words. I apologize for that. I don't think I'll stop engaging with the fans." Stop engaging with the fans. Engage with he's, the fans as Kevin Durant, not, not as, as some weird right. guy without a profile picture. However, he was doing it in the past. But you know, it's funny, like. It's just unfathomable that someone of his stature with, you know, the status that he has it's, to go on and oh, do that. It's, and it's it's really funny. It's honestly. it's hilarious. At, yeah. the, at the end of the day, it's hilarious. If you don't like Kevin Durant. If you don't like Kevin Durant. If you're a Warriors fan, you're pretty pissed right now. Yeah. So before we get into your drop the mic, uh, Mike, uh, we're just going to get our little stat correction thanks to Will. Roger Maris hit his 61st, uh, his home run, his 61 home run season was in 1961. So easy to remember going forward. Oh, that's very I nice. Should've, I should have had that down. Um, I didn't, so we'll we'll see if John Carlos Stanton over the last uh, two weeks, week and a half here can uh, can break that record. And so he is the last person to hit sixty plus home runs, other than Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds. Okay, well, thanks, Will. Will, you're a whiz with the Google. Yeah, with the Google, way way to go, Will. Um, we'll we'll hit up Will a little bit later to talk about an interesting. Uh, certain game from last week. All right, Mike, give me your drop the mic. All right, so my drop the mic is, I don't know if you guys remember this, uh, a couple weeks ago I gave you guys a little bit of a primer on the fight that I thought was going to be the best fight of the year. Uh, Canelo Alvarez getting to Golovkin, and, and it lived up to the hype. Um, but, as there always is in boxing, there seems to be some sort of collusion. One judge uh, scored 118-110 Canelo. Uh, the other two had it as a draw, and I forget the exact score of Golovkin, but it was a pretty wide margin. And everybody, everybody knows that that is the a, a travesty. The one eighteen to one. The one eighteen to one ten Golovkin. Because you're watching that fight, Golovkin is 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 chasing him. He's landing more punches. He's landing better punches. I mean, I don't know if this dude got paid off or if he would just like the flashiness of Canelo, but it's a, it is honestly a travesty. Um, and Mike, I know you're not a huge boxing fan, but you watched the fight a little bit, right? Yeah, I, I watched it. I was half watching. I think it was on at the same time as that certain game we're going to get to, which is Texas USC. Um, so I was keeping a half eye on it. Um, and then, you know, to me, I couldn't, I, I can never tell who wins. I've right. watched the only fights I've ever watched. This tells you all you need to know about me as a boxing fan was Mayweather Pacquiao, May, Mayweather McGregor. And then I watched, um, this one half-heartedly. Um, so I have absolutely, you know, I have no clue what's going on. All I want to see when I turn on these fights, you know, I'm, I'm willing to accept the, the human savagery of promoting the violence for, like, the 36 minutes these fights are on. Um, and then I watch these fights and no one ever gets hurt. And they, they're like, okay. And that's, that's kind of what I take away from it. Okay. Well, if you watch the fight and you, you have a, a little inkling of knowledge about boxing, you would know how, um, how much of a travesty it was. And, but fortunately, camps are in the talk. 
um, of another rematch, and hopefully they, they both had some, some choice words for each other after the fight. Yeah, uh, of course Gol- they did. Golovkin, that stuff's all stage. Uh, Go- no, it's not. Golovkin called him out for running. Canelo said we're going to fight next time, so hopefully we get some, some fireworks for you next time. I'll, I'll call him up and let him know that you, you weren't appreciative of the lack of knockouts. Yeah, I'm sure that's that's the opinion they care about. Um, but yeah, we'll see if I ever watch boxing again. I could see myself never doing that because I've had like three bad experiences now. Um, and quite frankly, i just not the biggest fan. Well, you, saw, you, saw, you saw McGregor get hurt a little bit. Yeah, they stopped it. Exactly. They stopped it before anything could happen. And then at the end of the fight, McGregor's like celebrating because like, hey, look, haha, look, you guys, you just all paid to watch me make like 50, whatever, 100 million, billion dollars that he made. So, and Mayweather too, you know, putting money in his pocket. It's kind of sad. Um, All right. So we're going to transition into our first main topic of the week. We're going to hit up a week two recap and maybe a little bit of a week three preview before we get into our uh, two football segments at the end of the show. So Mike, you got a takeaway (coughs) for me from week two. Uh, the Giants are ass. Yeah, the Giants are a bad football team. <laughs> the Giants are just... I got a smile on my face. They play at Philadelphia week three this upcoming Sunday. Um, hoping I, I can chalk that one up in the I, W call. I, uh, I watched the game like you were there. Um, it was a struggle. It was humiliating. It was predictable. Um, it was arguably predictable, but I have hope because I heard that McAdoo might stop calling plays. And if that happens, we have a shot. Because You have a shot at what? At at turning this season around. Okay. Ten, I, they got to go 10 and 4 and they don't have an easy schedule at all. I I believe me, I have looked at the schedule, I've picked the games. I know it's not easy, but listen, you got the firepower. You just got to find a combination on the line that works. And and we're not there right now. The personnel may not be there um, ever. Um, So my thing is, Mike, you know that I've been kind of anti-Eli Manning for ever since I've known you, really. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, maybe initially I was like, you asked me, I remember at one point, is Eli a Hall of Famer? And I I said yes. He still Um, is. uh, Well, that's actually become a little bit more debatable now, maybe. Um, But I remember one of the... the 538 article that said he's mediocre? It wasn't that. It was a 538 podcast that said, yeah, he's kind of average outside of a couple, you know, runs uh, Outside there. of being top 10 in yards and touchdowns. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all. Just, that's, that's volume that's, that's era. What, that's what the Hall of Fame is about. Yeah. It's um, about leadership. It's about, it's about leading the category. Yeah. But basically since last year, I've just been on this major anti-Eli, you know, just barrage of this dude. You watch him play. I haven't seen him make any really, you know, he makes a couple okay lobs down the field, but mostly just slants. And I think finally... Giants fans are coming around. I think I think they're starting to he turn. He played well in the second half. Define well. How many touchdowns? They didn't even score a touch. They that, scored but, like but, three but, points. So you're not looking at it the right way. I mean, I watched the game. He's but, not good. But that's not his fault. Literally, his second no, best Mike, throw of the entire game was when he was getting sacked, and he just threw it no, straight see, up, and Sterling Shepard made a catch. Mike, that was the you, second you, best play. You are not watching the same game I'm watching if you think that this is Eli Manning's fault. I don't think it's entirely his fault. There's no Odell, but, I mean, think about... There's think no about, time. I know there's no time, there's no Odell, but think about, you know... And not that a lot of quarterbacks succeed without, you know, offensive lines, but, you know, to me, like, I just just my opinion, like, Carson Wentz last year, um, the receiving core yeah, that he had... I, he, I the line was better. For Eli, for, no, the for line Carson was... Well, he line he didn't year. have Lane Johnson. That killed him. But then the receivers they had were way worse than what the Giants have, and he was, so like, arguably put, better than Eli has been. This you year. can put all of the best wide receivers you want on a team. If you can't, if you don't have two seconds to throw a ball, you watched Eric Flowers. He's you turnstile. Wa- we'll right. Say it again. You, say it you, once, say it again. You literally watched the, a man just pile drive him. Ezekiel Ansah is a good player. Right, but Eric Flowers is 320 pounds yeah. and 6'5". It's not... You can't put the blame on Eli Manning. 
I mean, I'm going to put a fair amount of the blame on Eli Manning. It's because you're just ignorant. But, I mean, is Eli, is Eli Manning not uh, take any blame? I, I have never said he doesn't I take mean, how about that? Blame. How about that call that's getting all the press where he, he's... I, I have never I said that was his goal. fault. So if that's his but fault, I'm, 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 well, happy really didn't, I'm happy that happened because it was a poor decision to rush for a fourth down. Uh, the game wasn't out of reach. I wanted I wanted a field goal. I think that was the right play. Yeah, well, Not, we'll we'll see. They look really tough, and we mentioned this last week, and we'd been talking about this before that if they didn't beat the Lions, which they did not do, um, now they're looking at a really uphill battle here. They got to go at Philly, at Tampa the next two weeks. I mean, there's and, the and right their first easy game. Um, and and you're looking at you know two games that are far that are probably they're they're not favored this week. They're three and a half, four point underdogs. Which isn't um, that bad? That's really just one point. One it's point a on a neutral team. field, but you got to play yeah. at Philly where they don't have success. And like I'm they, it's not like, you know, if they if they lose these two games, Tampa looked pretty good um, on Sunday. They're zero and four. They're not, definitely not a ten and two team. I, even if they lose this week, I, I don't think that they're a ten and three team with that schedule that they have. Uh, it's a real uphill climb. And you know, we, you mentioned this, Mike, as a Giants fan, that the schedule has not been in their favor. I mean, obviously the Lions game at home. If you want to be a playoff team, you got to win that you gotta game. Win that game, but that's not. I mean, the Lions look like they're playoff team. The Lions look pretty good. Um, and then you know the it's game at Dallas start. is at tough. Dallas at Philly at. Tampa Bay, three potential playoff teams right there. Yeah, for there. sure. Um, so that was that was a takeaway there. Um, Mike, anything else that you you want to take away from week two? Um, Chiefs are the real deal. They are the real, the deal. I, real deal. I I think um, we could also say the Eagles are the real deal. They played them. I mean, you watched um, yeah. first three quarters of the game or so. I think you actually watched before the Eagles started to lose it. Uh, yeah, away. I, I had to go work. Uh, with. Yeah, my yeah, um, but the the Eagles hung in there with Kansas City for for three and a half quarter or two and a half two quarters, and, a half, yeah. um, and and they look pretty good. And meanwhile, you know, Kansas City, you know, coming off that big win against New England, they had uh, the whole extra half week to prepare. Um, they should have been favored in the game. They really should have won the game at home. No Eric Berry. Um, no Eric Berry. Yeah, but everything else was was yeah. rocking for them. The Eagles sustained a couple injuries themselves. Uh, so I was pretty proud of my my squad um, in that one. And then the Chiefs, you know, they look like the real deal. I didn't have them in the playoffs. Uh, which I 100% regret I, I, right now. I have them. I think I had them at 9-7. and seven. I have them at 11-5. I, I initially, in my first round of all 267, I had them at 13-3, and three, right, Will? So. Indeed. Yes. Uh, that would be correct. That looked like it was a good pick right now. <laughs> yeah, that looks, that looks better than not. So they look really good. Um... Let's see. We're looking over this again. Uh, Tampa, we I mentioned, looked pretty you, good. You liked, um, or you didn't like? Well, I think Seattle's become a big worry yes. uh, for me. I, I wasn't able to watch um, much of the game, but to see them not put up a touchdown, I think, against, yeah, against San, San Francisco, Francisco and it was Niners? close late. I mean, yeah, and at home. Unreal. Uh, yikes. I, I mean, I have Russell Wilson on my fantasy team. It's no bueno. I, I've been working all, all week to try and get a trade done. Yeah, he's. it's not his fault. It's another situation where the offensive line is really uh, – Hurting, hurting him and holding them oh, back, yeah, but, but that's it's a not disastrous. Russell fault, no. That's a disaster. Never, never is. Uh, but that's a disastrous situation. And then one game we could both get behind, uh, big time, was the Denver Broncos just Loved absolutely it. taking Loved it to it. the Dallas Cowboys um, in that big uh, Sunday afternoon game. They just pummeled them. Zeke gave up. Zeke, it was a great Zeke story. Counted on the sidelines. Yeah. I love to see it. I love it. Yeah. So that was a good outcome for us as the feed Eagles. Feed him L's. Feed yeah, him L's. Yeah. Yeah. Feed him the L's. Um, and and the Eagles remain in a tie for first place. So I, mean, I, so I appreciated that. As bad as the Giants have looked, this week went about as good as it could have. Well, the Redskins won. That was but, the only thing. But the Redskins, but the Redskins really Redskins aren't the really biggest Right. So the Eagles lose. Cowboys lose. Only one game out with a division game. Look, next week. It's not... It, it, 
I mean, they, me, they're I'm in must-win territory. I'm worried now. they're in must-win territory, but I'm hoping that Magadu can light a fire. But he, he, he hasn't so far. So Yeah, week three is kind of an interesting week because you have a fair amount of those 0-2 teams that maybe shouldn't be 0-2. Right. Think like the Saints and the Giants particularly. Um, uh, maybe some others are in there uh, that... You know, it's going to be the Chargers for sure, and they play the Chiefs at home. It's kind of, it's hard to imagine those teams falling to 0-3. They kind of get that fire lit under them in the sense that if we lose this game, we're probably out. Um, so you worry that the Giants, at least I worry, that the Giants are going to have that kind of game. But honestly, they just have not played well yeah. in Philadelphia in the recent what, five years, probably. It's been a long time. It's been a long time since um, well, So but. I feel pretty good. And, I, and right now, the Eagles' strengths match up really well with the Giants' weaknesses. Um, so that's obviously a game we're yeah. really looking forward so, to. Um, but it's not looking good for... My Tennessee for, Titans looked great in the second half. They're they put, back. They put up Not 15-1 and one back, they put but they're a, back. <laughs> hey, hey, this is this is the, the, the initial path I had them going on. Losing yeah. to the Raiders and running the table at 15-0. But no, they looked good in the second half. Yeah, and they, took uh, them a little while, they but. quieted all the, the thoughts of maybe Jacksonville could be the team in the AFC South, which Never is kind of ridiculous. Enough. And then also... Um, Thursday night football this year's Dak Deshaun Watson got a win. Oh, All he does a, is win. That he, was ugly. Yeah, man. ugly that game. And another ugly one again uh, next to the week, this week. Oh, Forty yeah. Nineers, a barn burner of the Forty Nineers at the Rams. Uh, Rams, Rams at the Forty Nineers. But that is going to be just Jared Goff, Brian Hoyer, football. Couple young head coaches, magic with ties to the Redskins, huh? I love it. Spin it however you want. <laughs> get a little something interesting Gotta going get on with that. In there, but you know that is a game that I. Uh, had to give the 49ers because, you know, got to give them some wins somewhere. Yeah. You know? yeah, you have to, and they're not going on 16. Yeah, and then looking forward to week three, kind of a down a down slate, obviously, at the 1 o'clock games. You have the Eagles and the Giants, which um, is going to draw the attention of most fans. Obviously, yeah. the Giants have struggled, but that's always an interesting game. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to that Kansas City Chiefs-Chargers game. I'm, I'm um, a fan of the Seahawks-Titans game. Seahawks Titans is a very interesting matchup. I, I, I mean, I'm always a fan to watch the Titans. Yeah, I always um, love watching them. Yeah, that's um, a good point. My boy Corey Davis got out there. Uh, had a down week this week, but hopefully he comes back. Mariota, how do you not root for Marcus Mariota? I know they, they've actually. I've read stuff that said he's actually like the best leader in the right. NFL, like of all the quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe secondary to Carson Wentz, but classic. Yeah, um, Hall, but, of fam- Hall of Famer Carson Wentz. Basically, uh, yeah. I've heard I've heard good things. He's he's from you know, Colin Coward. The, yeah, the, the, the still on the bandwagon. Carson Wentz, you know, up and down game, but you know you gotta love what you see from the kid. Um, and then uh, you know you kind of get these prime times games this week. Obviously, these are we rough hit prime on time games. Uh, obviously we hit on the Rams 49ers, um, and then the sun. We got the Sunday morning breakfast game in London. Ravens at the Jags, classic classic game out there in London. And then Sunday nights, Oakland at Washington. Orange juice and bagels for that game. Yeah, and then the Cowboys at Cardinals, which is kind of looking like an awful I mean, Monday so night game. They The games aren't too they're, appealing. They're really, they're really not good. Kind of an great. interesting slate. I would say I'd pick out the Panthers-Saints as it could be interesting game. Vikings-Bucks, I, mean, I think it Bradford have looked good. No, no, not at all. The Panthers are 2-0, and and I think they could but be 3-0, but good. they've looked horrendous. Cam Newton yeah. looks horrendous. Shout out to Eviston last yeah, week. Yeah, um... Yeah, they're they're still trucking on with the giving up six points in two games, and then I think if Samuel Bradford Samuel Bradford can come can back, come the back. sleeves, oh, so yeah, had, that's a big had, time game. An MRI or a, a MC, MCL injury? Or? It's non-contact, which that's, is worrisome. Never like to hear and, that. Yeah, right. um, unlucky guy. Matt was his teammate yeah. um, in St. Louis, and, was, and he was saying, you know, it's just too bad that you know the luck didn't break his way. Um, but that could be a potentially good game because I think if, if he plays, the Bucks and the Vikings are also two of those wild card contending teams. And then the big thing also from last week, and I think this could be a really good one o'clock game too. Uh, the Falcons probably look like the best team in the NFL right now. 
took it to Green Bay, which they've done, uh, and I think in the regular season last year and definitely in the postseason last year, they took it to them. um, And then this week they did it again. So I think Atlanta at Detroit can be a really interesting game because Detroit, Detroit, they beat up on Arizona, not that impressive. But then you go into the Giants on Monday Night Football and uh, they kind of handled them. I mean, not that the Giants had a ton, but. They handle them. So they, they have, have a no decent team. defense, and their yeah. offense is going to be good. You, Matt Stafford at the helm. He's a top-ten quarterback. He's a top-ten quarterback. you got Golden Tate, Marvin Jones. Kenny Eric, Galladay. Eric Ebron's looked good yeah. this season. And, you know, the biggest thing for them, and, and they were putting it up on Monday night. They're making fun game. of the, the Detroit, the Detroit car industry. Yeah. They, uh, they just had a Taking car. it right to them where yeah. it hurts. Um, like if they haven't suffered enough about the, the automotive industry collapse. They yeah. just got to always remind them. But the, the running game needs to – Needs to show yeah. like it did on on Monday night. Yeah, they, they ended they up breaking able, a, up a. They ended up breaking out a couple big yeah. runs for Amir Abdullah there. And they were um, able to control. Solid. They were able to control the game, and, and you know Stafford only throws for 120 yeah. yards, and they win, yeah. which is pretty That's shocking. Like, Someone yeah. told me that like, oh, I was looking at the stats, and I couldn't believe Stafford only threw for 120. I was like, oh, really? He yeah. only did that. And I mean, really, as the Giants' ineptitude on offense probably contributed right. more. But no, I mean, if they win this game at home, they're three and team, and they beat the Falcons. They would have a road win against the Giants. Like they kind of start looking like a pretty formidable team. Yeah. Wouldn't bet on them to win a playoff game or anything like Never that. Will. But Never if they will. go three and zero, and they're looking like a playoff team again, you know, yeah. and that that'd be pretty impressive from the Lions. Okay, so that'll do it for our main football topic. So before we get into our second topic of the day, uh, Will, we're going to bring you on here. Um, Texas USC college football game of the season so far. I watched it with you. You're a little antsy, very antsy the whole time. Very antsy. Um, your boy, your your uh, friend from high school is the quarterback for Texas. Blue. He blew it, but he, he ended up, you know, he got him back in the game uh, late. Uh, and for a true freshman playing at, in that kind of venue, he played a really good game. Will, you have uh, any thoughts on, on this game, which was really, um, a, first three quarters were lousy, but the end of it was fantastic. Um, a little bit of a heartbreaker, you know, losing in double overtime. Um, but Texas team showed a lot of fight that I wasn't expecting. You know, wasn't even expecting a close from that much of the game. That's not the homerism we, we, we've come to expect. Yeah, that's not on this show. <laughs> no, we are, we are blindly, always, blindly faithful. When it came down to it, USC had a true freshman uh, walk-on kicker that made... That was, Will was kick, dancing kick, to that too, and he made, was going, true freshman walk-on kicker. He just said, <laughs> made, it up. made a kick to send it to overtime and the winner in double overtime, so if that's the way you're going to lose, then uh, got to give it to the kid. Uh, missed his first kick of the season earlier in that game, so great. Uh, Props to him for bouncing back. So, yeah. well, um, do you see Texas in the college football playoff this year? Yeah, no way, no way. No? Two losses. I mean, two losses. Remember, well, they lost to Maryland. Big Twelve team won't make it. I yeah. mean, the one well, loss Big Twelve team probably won't make the playoff. They lost to Maryland at home. At home, yeah, fifty-one to forty-one. Remember that? Yes, I do remember. Okay, that. I just that wanted to D- different that. different quarterback um, who might be back on their center next week Thursday night in Ames, Iowa. And um, that quarterback did not go to Westlake High School. Like correct. Yeah. Uh, hope hope he's not the one <laughs> jogging out there for the first drive, but you never know what the coach so, staff's going to do. If you guys would like to fact check fact check, well, go back. Uh, two or three episodes, and just listen to his part, and you'll see just <laughs> he, how wrong he was. He was he was sniping him as a uh, hey, not as, top fifteen hey, team. As Mike part. says, great social media department. They hype you up before the season. That's what they do. Um, and then you know it's kind of interesting. We go from there's a whole slew the last couple weeks of really good college football games in primetime on Saturday night um, because you also had not that the game was close, but Clemson Louisville was a good game on. Um, and then previous weeks you had Ohio State at Oklahoma, um, and now this week the go to game I think is. Penn State, my my favorite Iowa. college football team, not that's not UVA, um, and Iowa. And you know one thing, Mike, that we've never talked about on this show, 
that I, I wanted to bring up every episode, and it just slips my mind because it's so fitting that it does. Let's give a little UVA football shout-out. 2-1. 2-1. On, on pace for 8-4 in a bowl game. Bowl, yeah. game is, bowl game season is back in swing. Yes. A convincing win over UConn. Yeah, so Kurt Benker completed a couple passes down the field, which uh, is... Uh, more than a couple. I mean, that's... At UConn, thank you guys for coming into our, our stadium and... Uh, and letting Just us get us a win. getting us some confidence in. Um, I we're we're like double digit dogs at Boise this week. We're playing on the Smurf turf Friday night. Um, but you know if UVA can somehow, some way, pull a win out there, I'm gonna be Do watching. I, the, I smell a ranking. I smell uh, a bowl game. How one goes? I'm going for a ranking. So we so we play um, Boston College or uh, excuse me, Boise at Boise, and then I think we come home the next. Uh, we get a bye week, then we come home and play Duke. If you're a four and one, you got confidence. Your UVA team, Kurt Benkert, who knows? Come on, bowl game. Four and one team with a win over Boise State. That's the big. That's that's a ranking. No, that's, that's got to be top twenty-five. That's the big. That's the big if there. But uh, shout out to UVA <laughs> football. And as things go, we'll try and do a little bit better at getting them in the show. Uh, basketball, we'll do a much better job oh, of just yes, because that that team um, they actually win. So, so we, yeah. we appreciate that as <laughs> as uh, as sports fans. All right, so we're gonna get into our second main topic of the night. This has been in the news um, as of the last week or so. The NBA, under the direction of Commissioner Adam Silver, is pushing to reform the draft lottery. Pretty big changes Pretty big, that they really, want to do. Yeah. Uh, so, Mike, so the main things are, before we get into um, breaking it down, is that they want to reduce the percentages of the top three teams, which now sit at 25, 19.9, and 15.6, to 14% for the top three, yeah. and then reducing every other team by about 1% to 2% um, just to balance things out. Yeah, so basically the, that will really discourage the, the the total tank to get that number one spot. Um, and I think it's a good move, honestly. I think that it, it it's gone pretty bad. And, yeah. And it's made it it's made the regular season a joke to watch, honestly. And I'm, I'm glad Silver is, is at least doing something. We don't know if this is the right move, if it's the wrong move. But you, you just like to see initiatives being taken by a commissioner because it shows that they're trying to better the game. Yeah, and I think that bottom-out tank, the Sixers-esque tank, um, is really kind of despicable. I mean, from a from a pure competition standpoint, long-term view, it's the right basketball Right, game. It really is, and that is just, by definition, it's a problem. So I think to try and mitigate that a little bit um, is a good move. Like you said, I, you don't know if this is the best way. I think uh, this is a good idea for an article title or article topic if anyone wants to look into it. What would be the actual best way to reform the lottery? Yeah. Um, and I think you can get some some pretty good insights just off some of the data projections and whatnot. Um, and I think I've seen some crazy ideas thrown out there like doing a wheel where like the draft rent laws uh, – draft selections are not based at all by the standings it's just like in a, over a 30-year period you'll get every pick from 1 to 30 um that's like been an idea thrown out there um that i've seen that was several years ago that's, um, a, lot, that's a long time it, yeah that's a lot of that's yeah a lot of that's season. a lot, yeah. lot of seasons that's a different uh, approach for sure yeah. but uh but so i mean i think that you know it, it's a good move um and I, you know, it's just not fun to watch a team go out there and just lose. No. Now, now the Philadelphia fans, and you give them credit, I'm a Philadelphia football fan. I mean, those the fans in Philly, for all their sports, are passionate and they're smart uh, sports-wise. Um, and they were really good about getting on the back of Sam Hinkie and his in the process there. Obviously, that's become a big, you know, thing, trust the process. And it's turned into, you know... And, and beats health pending and the performance of Fultz and uh, Ben Simmons. Like, it's turned into they have a really exciting young core. Yeah. Obviously, Dario Sarch is there. Um, but, you know, 
most it's really that's unacceptable for the NBA. You don't want a team, and you're not going to have fans as loyal as the Sixers in most places um, that are going to support just you know losing, like literally trying to lose 65 out of 82 games and or, and or so more. Just kind of give like a, a little more background on the idea of tanking and why you only see it in the NBA. Um, it's interesting because you would you would think that a, a system where the first pick, overall pick isn't guaranteed to the worst record. You would think that tanking would be more common in, in football or hockey, right. or like or if you're like the that. Jets or right. the Colts. Like, let me lose every single game this year. Let me get Sam Darnold. If you're the Colts, I can trade him for right. like four first round picks. If I'm the Jets, I'm set. And so the the the, the difference between the NBA is a there's only five there's only five players playing at a time. So you can have a much bigger influence on a game in the NBA by being a singular stud than you can in the NFL. Or, or, or another sport. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter who's on your team. If you have LeBron, you're exactly. gone. You're basically guaranteed a final strip if you're in the Eastern Conference, or you know, you're you're guaranteed. It's one player that impacts massive. So you got to hit on. You got to get that superstar. Right. And and secondly is the transition and the the speed and, and the quality of players coming into the draft. I think personally are higher than in in the NFL and and the in other leagues, and that's why tanking matters so much more. It's because you get much more NBA-level prospects, NBA-ready prospects that are coming out as that number one pick. Well, I think as the number one pick, yeah. So at the top end of the drafts, you look at some guys, and the success rate of number one picks first number two picks it is a pretty astounding difference. I think if you go down the list where you have like Derek Williams was a number two pick and Evan Turner was a number two pick, whereas the number one picks, for the most part, obviously, you know, Anthony Bennett's in there. Right. Um, but for the most part, you're getting at one point in their careers a superstar, whether it's John Wall or Derek Rose or Blake Griffin, Carl Anthony Towns, just down the line. Right. So that, that top end talent. Well, that's what I'm talking about with yeah. tanking is the, the goal is to get the number one pick. Right. And, and in football, you know, the best player in the draft can come, you know, J.J. Watt was 12. I think right. Aaron Donald was also 12 or, you know, they're in that, range, in that range where you can get the best player, you know, not necessarily number one. We haven't even seen Miles Garrett yet, you know, so we don't know about him. But, like, just for example, you can get um, better players a little bit later on. Um, so, yeah, those top picks really matter so much in the NBA, especially because if you hit on that one superstar, everything kind of falls into place from and, there. And the other thing is the depth isn't there in the NBA. So it's a big difference to get the first overall pick versus eight. Versus eight. Like, even yeah. that far of a difference, I mean, that. A lot of second round picks and, and end of the first round picks, you just don't really. Well, those care guys about are that. worthless. Yeah, and, right. And and it's think... not worth it for the the Cavs or the Warriors to have their first round pick. Is it? It's yeah, not really going to no, turn it no, on. Not... You get your one hit. You get your Isaiah Thomas. You get your Kawhi Malcolm, Leonard. Your Malcolm, you Malcolm Brogdon. It just doesn't happen that often. Yeah, and the other thing too um, that you want to think about with these guys uh, in the NBA is is that like Jonathan Isaac? He's the sixth overall pick this year to Orlando. And I'm just like, I don't think yeah. that guy's going to be good. Like, well, give me Markel Fultz or, you know, I'm a big Alonzo guy. But, like, give me one of those <laughs> guys, um, you know, and, and the drop down from that to Jonathan Isaac at six or, like, you think of Noah Vonley went number eight a couple years ago. <laughs> haven't even heard from him since. Right. Like, those lottery picks, can, they get worthless real quick um, in certain in certain circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with it. I, I, I don't know about you. Um, yeah, I, I hope they go through with it um, to some degree. I, like we've mentioned, it's hard to know what's really the best method for this moving forward. Um, and, you know, it, the point of American sports in a lot of ways is to kind of get that parity, um, get that, you know, almost communism-esque feel. If you stink, right. we're going to prop you up. Um, and I think the NBA, they try that. Um, but when teams have just abused it to the degree that they have – um, which is bottoming out with no remorse whatsoever because legitimately it's a good strategy. 
Um, you know, there's there's got to be some sort of way to incentivize not allowing that, and I think that's what they're trying to do, and I, yeah. I appreciate that. I, I'm, I'm happy with it overall. Yeah, and, and an interesting thing, too, to consider with these um, with these teams that tank, so there's actually an interesting report that came out, um, I believe it was a couple of days ago, about the amount of teams that are losing money in the oh, NBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For all the money that's come in, you know, a lot of teams are still not making money, and so I remember at one point, um, reading about you know the Pacers, so the Pacers obviously with Paul George, um, they had to trade him. A lot of people were thinking, oh, why not just bottom out? And if you read into their situation, it's like they play in Indiana, pretty small market. Um, they really like cannot afford to lose money, and that's what's going to happen if they're as bad as the Sixers were. And and you know in their market, it's just unaffordable. So it kind of creates an imbalance among the teams. Some teams have resources to tank, like it's kind of contrary to what your intuition would be, but some teams don't. So it's really not. This is kind of a way to level the playing field in that regard, too. Yeah, so I mean, 14 of the 30 NBA teams lost money. Yeah, it's, that, it's crazy. That's, that's the amount of money that they, that right, they when, made. I mean, when you think about it, like these, the, the TV deals and all that that comes into the, the NBA, you would expect all of them to be profitable. I mean, but you have teams on here, uh, Milwaukee, Minnesota. I mean, these are small market teams. But I mean, the Wizards, the Washington yeah, Wizards, they have, big, they have big salary. That's yeah. that's a problem for them. But no, you think about a team like the Lakers, and this is going back to the point I, I had about Indiana, is that they're a team that they have literally the resources to tank. It's kind of a funny concept yeah. to think about. But the Lakers have been, I think they haven't won more than 25 or 30 games the last four years, and they still lead the league by a mile in terms of uh, net income right. from, from the season just because of their just TV of their brand, deal. Their brand their recognition. TV is... deal and the global reach that they yeah. have, and you know they still have a great legacy. But a team like that, like what's the harm? If we have four bad seasons, we can stomach the blow, whereas Indiana, right. you, you, you lose that fan base and you lose money, and that's just not sustainable. So it, it, there's an imbalance created there, um, and hopefully the draft lottery reform kind of works to solve that. Yeah, that's, it's a great, and, and that's another reason why it's a great movie, because you, you don't want teams, you, you see it in baseball. You, know, you see big market teams that are able to just spend more and are better because of that. And you know, for, for me, I'm a Red Sox fan, you know, I, I enjoy winning, but I, I don't really like the idea of just being able to spend more money and then be better. Yeah, and and then in in some cases it's it's the same kind of concept here. You're able to just lose more because you're able to like like you're able to said. stomach it, yeah. right? And and then you're just going to end up being better in the long run. And, and I'm glad Adam Silver is doing something to fix it. Yeah, that's an unfair balance. Um, I just thought that was an interesting thing to bring up. I I wonder if they do it for this season. I don't know if it's proposed for this season or next season. Um, that'd be a pretty big shift, though, for these teams that have really set themselves up to be really bad. You think like the Chicago Bulls mm-hmm. um, as a team that's really kind of planned on bottoming out. Uh, what are some of the other teams at the bottom? Like uh, the Hawks are going to be the really Hawks bad are this be year. Bad. It, uh, the Nets don't even have their picks, so they're kind of irrelevant no, the Nets, for this. They don't have the, the Nets Sixers have their picks next year. Or the Cavs have their yeah pick. next year. Yeah. Um. So there's certain teams that. You know, this would kind of be a bad blow to them. I bet their owners are going to fight it tooth and nail or prolong yeah, as probably. long as they can because that's that's kind of drawn the short end there. After a team like the Sixers profited off it so much, you know, they only landed the one the one number one pick, but, yeah, but they're they in got, the top three every year right. for four or five years, yeah. whatever it was. Um, and so they're able to land some blue chippers, you know, Embiid and Simmons, and able to they had the resources to trade up for a full exactly. So so, so yeah, that, it's that, kind of a tough break for the teams that are looking to uh, that are looking to get in on the tank game late. Yeah, so that that change would would, would come in or, or for the 2019 draft. Okay, so the Bulls are okay. Then, the Bulls probably. are fine. Yeah. They're they're trying to get their Marvin Bagley or Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> whoever whoever that is. All right, um, let's let's do some all 267. Yeah, recaps, let's get into it. So, um, this is going to be a little similar from last week in the sense that Mike 
remains on top. So it's Mike it's... went 13 and 3 this week, which Let's is go. actually very that's impressive. Pretty good. We like, picked that's... so we picked these games as always. We, like these these are our picks that locked in before we, have, week we one. haven't changed any of So these. I mean, I guess we're going through our picks here and I probably the only one I would have changed um is probably would have picked New England instead of the Saints, which is the one where you got me on actually. Yep. Um and well, maybe maybe would have shifted to uh to Houston there. Um but but no, so to go thirteen and three, um, you know, picking these games a couple weeks in advance. Um, I went twelve and four. Um, so Mike's up on me on the season. He's up. He's got twenty four correct. I have twenty two. So I actually missed all three of my losses this week were NFC East. That's called bias, right that's there. Bias. That's a that's, homer. We alert. love to see the homer alert. The homer alert in full stride there. Uh, on the contrary, I got every single NFC East game correct. Didn't pick Besides my Eagles. Besides the Giants. Besides that, uh, yeah, they're at the bottom. Oh, of so the you list didn't there. get all. NFC. I was better. Yeah, it's better than you. I at least <laughs> I at least picked against the uh, the Eagles and the Cowboys. I, I, but I, I you remember I gave the Eagles the game. I yeah, don't know why. Right. I, I didn't expect them to win. Yeah, you remember the declaration I had at the end of the last episode. I was like, you know what, the Eagles are winning this week. They made it a game late, um, but when I did these picks. A couple weeks ago, I, was, I I knew all along. I was chalking that one up as as a loss. The Eagles Mike, could too, afford it. stomach. Mike, you're two faced. Oh, when it comes to the Eagles, anything goes uh, here. So looking forward to next week. Um, we actually have a little bit more divergence here. Yeah, this um, is gonna be the, this is gonna be a make or break week because yeah. we have uh, just looking at it. I see five games. Yeah. that we that we differ on. That's a lot. And then even last week we had a fair amount. I picked up some that we had different. You picked up others. One more, obviously. Um, but Mike, looking at yours, is there any game that you regret that you picked? My biggest regret is uh, the Jags Yikes. over the Ravens in London. I so it's not even a home right, game. So I didn't Jackson realize back. it was in London when I made this pick. That's just that's user error. That's right there. that's on you. Um, squarely on you. But I, know, I was pretty comfortable with it after the first week. But they got thoroughly embarrassed. Uh, at home, at and home. and Baltimore looks. They haven't played. And, and, they played and, Cincy, and they played uh, Cleveland. So they haven't played anyone. But they they muscled these teams. Though. You got Their defense looks good. But there's a difference between like beating bad teams and emphatically beating bad teams. Um, and yeah. they and they've emphatically beat you know the Browns and the uh, I mean the, the Bengals. So they what? so they look like a I'm pretty. I'm praying they ride Fournette to a, a big three touchdown game, 200 yards. Bortles comes in, does nothing wrong, throws no interceptions, and, <laughs> and I see a, I see a win in the future for the Jaguars there. But but otherwise, I'm a little worried. Yeah, um, and I feel like I could go under on that one. What about you, Mike? Uh, I think my biggest mistake here. I feel okay. I got some interesting ones. Like I have the Bills over the Broncos. I hate that pick. Uh, you might, but that's okay. Um, I also have the Chargers winning over the Chiefs. And also hate that. Pick. Not San Diego, but in Los Angeles, where there are apparently no Chargers fans. Um, oh. But my biggest. <laughs> R.I.P. San Diego. Yeah, my biggest, um, the one I'm feeling the worst about, I should say, is that Redskins at home against Oakland. Um, that's a bad. That's just a, well, when, you, when you boil it down, it's a bad pick. Yeah, I, you know, Oakland. I actually didn't give them that game week one against. So I actually had Oakland going to own uh, one and two after this week. Originally, I still had them in the playoff mix, but remember. This all kind of stems back to that one prediction I had where I was like, everyone's going to chill on Derek Carr. Um, through so two, far wrong. Through, through two games, not looking so hot on that one. Washington, obviously, they already sustained a home loss to the Eagles, who are probably, at best, a little bit worse than the Raiders. So the Raiders are probably a better well, team I than the Eagles. I think the Raiders win this game. I, um, I right, so if the Redskins lose at home to the Eagles, like, and you know they barely beat the Rams in L.A. also, right. not, not St. Louis, but in L.A., um, it's gonna be hard. It's hard for me to believe that the Raiders uh, or the Redskins are gonna win this game in prime time. 
Primetime, Kirk Cousins still hasn't looked Kirk good. Cousins has looked like poop. Yeah, he still hasn't looked, um, you know, any level of formidable. So, especially against the Eagles, which is the game I, I clued in on, obviously. Um, but we'll see. I, you know, you never know with these kind of games. Um, so, I, I, but that's the one where really I, I probably feel the worst about. And I, I think interesting, like an interesting game this, this Sunday, maybe not the most exciting, but I think the Bills can give the Broncos run for the money. The Broncos. I do not see that. The dude. Broncos look like one of the best teams in the NFL right now. Simeon's been playing out of his mind. The defense is as good as advertised. Um, but you know they got to travel cross country. The Bills have played; they played the Panthers tough. I don't know how much that that's says. Not, that's not that um, big of a deal. I think they got Bills Mafia home field advantage. Yeah. Um, I, I think I just, that game is closer than than most people expect. I I'm a fan of the Broncos. Uh, I thought they looked really, really, really good. I thought the no fly zone looks better than last year, honestly. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting because they lost T.J. Ward and they lose him. They cut him. Um. I think that you know the, the Bills just won't be able to muster any offense in, in this game, and, and Broncos pound at home. Yeah, it's very realistic. All right, so we're going to move. fast forward a little bit. Fast week, forward. Week yep, we're going to move from week three. It's already week three uh, coming up. And, <laughs> and we're going to go forward to, it's already 1.5 times speed, so <laughs> so it's already sounding like the zoom forward. Uh, we're going to go to dime and garbage time. Mike, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to stick with the Chiefs at Broncos. Uh, both teams looked really good. They looked high quality. Uh, we talked about it. I, you know, how, uh, we just learned how heard how I love the Broncos. Uh, Chiefs put a, a walloping on on the Eagles until the, the last uh, couple no, seconds. That's that's not um, true. And that's just not true. They put a walloping on them. I mean, no, they didn't. They were losing <laughs> like halfway through the third quarter. Carson fine, Wentz fine, wins. Fine, fine. No walloping. We held I'm, our own. I'm exaggerating, but the Chiefs. We played the Chiefs better than right, the Patriots right, played the Chiefs. All right, all right, all right, all right. In, um, all right. So the Chiefs look like. A high quality team. The Broncos look like a high quality team. I can see that game deciding the division. Yeah, I can see. Uh, it's hard. I'm not just. I'm just not quite as big on Denver. I still, you know, think back. They played the first two games at home. Obviously, right. the one against right. the the Chargers. I gotta keep crying. I'm almost saying San Diego. Getting, yeah, it's hard. Uh, the Chargers. They they won kind of on a block field goal that would have sent the game into overtime. Um, they they walloped the Cowboys, which is you know one of good, the one of the better wins win. that anyone's had this season. Yeah. Um, you know, when you factor in how how much they, they beat them by. Um, but to me, I, I just don't know if the Broncos are going to hang around um, at the Chiefs level. I didn't even have the Chiefs in the playoffs, but, I mean, they've put together two really solid wins. Obviously, at New England's a, a good of a win as anyone's going to get. So these two teams have two of the best wins so far this season. And then I think, you know, beating the Eagles at home, um, you know, relatively convincingly, it wasn't a walloping, as Mike said, but, you know, they, they had about two touchdowns going into the right. last 10 seconds of the game yeah. uh, before the Eagles ended up having the Hail Mary shot to tie it, which, you know, a whole different story. Um, but the Chiefs look pretty good. I, I wonder, I think it's a three-horse race, though, in that division, potentially, because Oakland's going to yeah, be there. Yeah. And I still don't think the Chargers are that bad. They're a couple of kicks away from being 2-0 themselves. Yeah, I mean, but it's a story of the Chargers every year. Yeah, every it feels year. like, right? They just can't win the, they can't win the close games. And, and at some point in the NFL, it becomes about winning those close games. Yeah, and a young ho is not making the difference for them. That's, Unfortunately, that's, their, that's kid, their kicker's name, kid, young ho. Poor kid, Kim? I feel bad for him. Kim? Uh, I don't know, that's last name. I think it's but, Kim. Uh, I feel bad for him. Yeah, I know. First it's, kick it's wasn't his fault. Second kick, he just pushed it right a little bit because he's got that soccer draw on it and mm. didn't come around. It's tough. Yeah, that is tough. Who do you got? I am also going to say put Cowboys at Philadelphia Eagles. Both lost this week um, at an AFC West team. So the two teams, and we I think we hit on this last week too, yeah. two teams that um, that I picked, they both lost to the two teams that Mike picked for the Week 17 game. Um, and I think it just shows that 
A lot of people seem to think Dallas is like far and away the, the best team in this division. I don't think so. I think the Eagles are going to be running step-by-step step with them the whole season. Um, unbiased opinion right there. Um, and, and I still think that game, um, that could be a division-deciding game. I, I mean, I'm not going to say it's not going to be a division-deciding game. I think it could be a division-deciding game at 9-7. and seven. That's potentially possible. I, think I still think the, the Eagles get to right 10. Now. I think one of those teams definitely gets to 10. We'll see. It might uh, be in that game that they get up yeah. to 10. Um, but I think both those teams are pretty pretty good. Um, maybe the loser can sneak into the wild card. There's some good NFC teams out there between the Bucks, Vikings, maybe Lions. Um, you know that aren't the division leaders. Um, but no, I, I still I still am holding on to some hope that that game ends up being um, a really well, big time. I, I mean, at this point, I'm not going to go out there and say that the Giants are going to be there because they they don't look like they deserve to be. So, I and the, I'm never going to say the Redskins are going to make the playoffs. So. I mean, it makes sense that, that I, I can definitely see the Cowboys at Eagles being being a, a big game. and um, Hopefully, it ends in a draw, and <laughs> they both miss out. The somehow. NFL, yeah. <laughs> somehow, yeah. Um, so I'm still looking forward to that one. We'll see. We'll have you know a big Giants-Eagles um, recap for you guys. I know how much oh, you love to hear exciting. about those two, those two teams. Um, so next week, we'll get into that one um, because you know that's kind of our Super Bowl. It's our, super, hey, it's, hey. Our, it's our regular season, it's too, at it's least for us, to, for. for us, too, you know, when you, you go and you have friends that are fans of the other team, and it's kind of a good rivalry, um, it's always exciting to get two oh, of them. We here. have a jersey bet on that game. We do. I'll, I'll be wearing, well, I won't be, but if somehow the Eagles lose, I'll be rocking Odell on Monday. Uh, Mike will be taking uh, the future GOAT Carson Wentz for himself um, for Monday. So, um, yeah, that's a big game coming up. Uh, so we will be back next week. It looks like we're going to be bringing on a guest, uh, a good friend of mine, Stephen Green. Talk a little soccer ready for some football. Uh, little double football, um, football, double football, 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 and then football with uh, Stephen Green. Hopefully, the times work out to bring him on. If not, uh, we'll figure something out as we always do. All right, we'll see you guys next Thanks week. Thanks for listening. We like sports and we don't care who knows From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl We like sports and we don't care who knows Football, football, tennis, hockey Hello, it is Ryan And I was on a flight the other day Playing one of my favorite social spin slot games On Chumbacasino.com I looked over at the person sitting next to me And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.